Broadcasting from the heartland of America in the Hoosier Media Network Studios. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into it. It is hour number two of the Voice of Reason, your weekend edition here of the Voice of Reason, broadcasting out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas at the Hoosier Media Network Studios. We are broadcasting coast to coast all over the place, multiple radio stations all over the nation, and our live streams, and our podcasting, and our TV, however you watch or listen. Welcome aboard. Uh, Great hour number one. I had a little bit of fun for that one, for sure. Uh, Kind of a light, more lighthearted conversation, but very important all at the same time. Bear was a great guest. We appreciate him very much. I want to name, can I have a name named Bear? Can Can I just have that name? That's just an awesome name. So we appreciate Bear Wozniak coming on the show. We'll have him back on for sure on the program. Hour number two, kicking off here. And bottom of this hour, we have a great special treat for you. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, she'll be joining us on the program with her latest book, MTG, talking about her life, talking about her transition from the public sector to the or the private sector to the public sector, having her business and getting involved in politics and what that means and some of the challenges that she's seen as a freshman-ish in Congress uh, over the past few years since 2020. So we'll have that conversation with Marjorie Taylor Greene coming up at the But Now, here's the thing. Uh, it is a two-parter. We did this interview just a day or so ago, and it was so long that I could not fit it all into one segment. So it will be a two-parter. We will do it for the entire second half of the show. We will have to break up the interview for the two uh, segments. So uh, we will have that for the second half of this hour coming up in just a little bit that being said let's get into what's going on in washington dc because it's definitely been interesting out there for sure it's your week in review as we still have the ongoing conflict in israel though i don't want to talk much about that right now there is an interesting piece and i uh, spoke with our i for those that don't know again i'm based out of wichita kansas i spoke with our rnc committee person here in kansas there's two of them uh, that's on the committee for the RNC, the National Republican Committee, and every state has representatives for the RNC. And I spoke with one of mine here just a day or so ago here in Kansas talking about the state of the Republican Party, because I got to be honest, I'm a little concerned about what Republicans look like going into election season. Just to give you an example, and this is not how it's going for every state, obviously, but just what I'm more familiar with here in Kansas is our statewide Republican Party, they're going to be so mad at me because I've got to poke fun at them here on a national broadcast. But I have to do this because I've heard that other states are going through the same struggle. That our state Republican Party has some new leadership, has a new chairman for the uh, for the state Kansas Republican Party. And they promise to have this massive amounts of money, get all ready for this major election coming up in 2024, which we obviously need to do. And he promised that we would have near $2 million in our coffers as a state Republican Party by the end of this year to go into election season. About a month ago, a couple months ago, there was a story that ran that, and by the way, there's usually an average of close to $100,000 sitting in the account for the state Republican Party, right around $90,000 to $100,000. Obviously, it differs in every state, but that's what we're at in Kansas. Kansas, obviously a little bit smaller state. We have less than 2 million registered voters, like 1.8, 1.9 million registered voters in our entire state. The funny part is, is that we dominate. Republicans dominate here for the most part. We have a Democrat governor, but we have more registered independents than we do even registered Democrats in Kansas. So as long as Republicans turn out, we do fairly well, except for the Wichita, Kansas area, which is where I'm at, which is a challenging area with being a largely populated area. And 
the Kansas City area, which for those that don't know, Kansas City is kind of split down the middle. Part of it's in Missouri, part of it's in Kansas and that whole area. And the Republican Party has been working on trying to gear up. And, however, we saw a report just a few months ago showing that the balance for our state Republican Party checkbook was at only $6,000. Now, that's at a time when our new leadership had promised us that we would have near $2 million in our coffers ready to go for the, the election season. And on average, we float around $100,000 in the bank account at any one time. And we were down to six grand. I've heard similar stories in surrounding states across the Mid-America region, although we broadcast outside of that region and have a lot of podcasts elsewhere. uh, It is a cause for concern. So I talked to our RNC committee person about the National Republican Party. As you know, the viewership for the debates has been down, and there's been a call to repeal Ronda, Ronda McDaniel as the chairwoman for the RNC because of her lack of leadership and how elections really have gone since 2020. And beyond, because of the leadership that we have right now, are we focusing on the right seats? Are we preparing ourselves properly? And do we have an actual proper platform for the Republican Party? All that being said, I am more optimistic than I have been in a while about going into the election for a few different reasons. Number one is because right now we have a pretty dominant lead for Donald Trump in the presidential election. Not saying that that's who I'm going for, who I'm endorsing by any means, but the realization that Donald Trump more than likely is going to be president shows that for the most part, Republican voters are unified as a party. And that's a good thing. Regardless whoever it is, the unification of the party to actually come out in a solid movement with a singular voice is a positive thing. We have our new House Speaker with Mike Johnson, who I think is doing some fantastic work as well as the new Speaker. Then I see this headline from MSN.com that came from the Washington Post, how there are many different elected officials in the House of Representatives that are wanting to retire and walk away from politics. And my question is why? The more I think about it, the more I begin to realize that we are going through a, a kind of a snake shedding its skin. We're going through an evolutionary process in our politics right now where I, I have a new theory that we just need to bug the crap out of them for them to leave. You ever hear the stories about like state workers, you know, whatever state you're in, the, like the tenured workers, the, the ones that are like the, the work for the Department of Transportation or ones that work in the engineering departments or the ones that, you know, and you want to fire them, but they have the cushy jobs where you really can't. The governments actually don't allow you to fire the public sector worker. So the only way you can get them to go is to make their life absolutely miserable to where they want to quit on their own accord instead of actually being fired and being walked out the door. It's a stupid system, but that's the way that uh, public employees really have to work. It works at the federal and at the statewide levels. I'm realizing that that's kind of the situation that we have to do in politics as well to run out the bad seeds. Liz Cheney lost her seat in Wyoming majorly by near 60% of the Republicans ousting her because she was miserable in D.C. because there was so much support from Republicans for Donald Trump. And she couldn't handle it. And she turned it into a personal vendetta to try and destroy Donald Trump And she lost big time because you have to read the crowd, bro. Got to read the room. And Liz Cheney was not reading the room as a representative from the state of Wyoming that overwhelmingly went to someone like Donald Trump. And even her Republican delegation in in, uh, the Wyoming state said, yeah, we're done with you. And she lost with one of the worst races that we've ever seen for a Republican in a reelection bid. And she was done. 
We've had others. Jeff Flake, if you remember from Arizona, a major rhino, couldn't stand Donald Trump, had to walk away because he couldn't do it any longer. Well, according to MSN now, we're seeing Democrats and Republicans alike wanting to step away. Representative Earl Blumenauer from Oregon has now, after 14 years, announced that he's going to be retiring. Michael Burgess from Texas. We have Debbie Dletzko from Arizona, a Republican as well. Ken Buck from Colorado. All of them announcing they're walking away from politics and want nothing more, largely because of the ongoing continued fascination with Donald Trump, which for us, we have to give them the proper farewell on the program because we don't really care. But it really brings up an opportunity for us, does it not? A lot of these individuals, Ken Buck, for example, he was the big loudmouth that really came out, and he was a relatively decent conservative from Colorado, which is hard to do in a purple state like Colorado, but he was okay and came out and said the reason he's leaving is because of the lack of the Republican Party admitting that the 2020 election was not rigged, was a completely fair election, and how we're still so fascinated and hung up on that. He's a never-Trumper and is walking away. Some of the Democrats probably frustrated with the identity crisis going through the Democrat Party right now with what are they going to be the RFK Jr. style who had to walk away from the party because he's the classical Democrat who is a relatively moderate but still progressive to an extent, but a little bit more on the friendlier side. Or are you going to be the AOC radical socialist out there wanting to completely upheave the system? Or are you going to be the Barack Obama type wanting to, quote unquote, fundamentally change the United States of America. There's that major battle right now for the Democrats. Republicans are going through the same thing. Are we going to be the make Johnson conservative styles? Or are we going to be the Mitch McConnell's on the Senate side of things going along with the flow? Because that's just what we have to do. Go with the flow, man. Just do whatever they do. Just give whatever Democrats do what they want. That's what we've done for a long time. And Republicans or Democrats are now Walking away, which what does that mean, Andy? So what? What that means is we're going to have a lot of open seats across the nation. And if we have a lot of open seats, there's an opportunity right now for the Republicans to really start deciding what their platform is going to look like, really start to decide what their campaign slogans are actually going to look like. Uh, Is it going to be criminal justice and is it going to be crime rates in the nation and what we can actually do? And don't just give me the talking points and whatever fits on a nice little tweet about how great we need to support law enforcement. No, we got to do something a little bit deeper. What's causing such crime in the nation right now? Why are we allowing criminals to get back onto the streets in such an easy manner right now? Why are we seeing the breakdown of the family unit that's causing people to want to go out and commit all of these crimes? Do we have a lack of respect in society? What are we going to do about foreign policy? Are we going to continue to send money over there when we have things to fix on the home front here? There's a lot of questions that we could focus on right now. The Democrats are in probably one of the, they won't admit it, the media won't admit it, but the Democrats right now are in one of the worst situations that they've ever been in, or at least in a very long time. Not only are they battling their identity crisis right now, but they don't have a platform to run on. They've literally just in the last week have ditched the Bidenomics movement. They've ditched it. They're not even talking about Bidenomics anymore. They want nothing to do with it. They've realized after a year of trying to say, we've created all these jobs. We created 13 million jobs. We've created 10 million jobs. After all of this garbage that they've thrown out there, they've realized it has not stuck with the American people because at the end of the day, Groceries are still 30% higher. They're trying to praise themselves right now because the price for a Thanksgiving meal, as we go into Thanksgiving weekend next week, that the price for a Thanksgiving meal is down like 15% from last year, 8%, whatever they're saying. 
which is cool, but you can't raise prices by 30%, then drop it by eight and be like, oh, look what we did. (laughs) You can't do that. You can't run on that as a success because people still remember what prices were a few years prior to that, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. And it wasn't where it is now. So you can say it's starting to come down. But why in the world has it taken so long for it to come down after the past three years? So they're ditching Bidenomics. What do they have? What do they have now? We have foreign policy that's a complete disaster with two new conflicts that have started up and more potentially on the way and looming underneath us right now after zero new wars were started under the Trump administration. We have an economy that's in complete ruin right now where they now have scrapped their entire policy and trying their, trying their campaign tactics of Bidenomics of how well that's going to work. We have crime that's ridden in the, in the country. My, uh, what was it? Uh, was it Miami? No, it wasn't Miami. Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. This week just said that you couldn't even bring the military in here to clean up the streets because things are so bad. I mean, unless you want to bring Gavin Newsom in to clean it up and just tell him that a Chinese leader's coming into the country, then they'll come in and clean up the streets pretty quick like that. Boy, did you see how quickly they got rid of their tent city in San Francisco? That thing was gone. The feces in the streets were cleaned up. All the homeless tents were picked up. It was just gone, man. They were able to clean it up lickety split. All they had to do was say a communist Chinese leader was coming into town, and man, they got their acting gear. The Democrats don't have a platform. And with all these seats opening up, Republican and Democrat nationwide, it's an opportunity for Republicans. The question is, will Republicans actually take advantage of the situation? This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's your Patriot on the Prairie. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. So I got to, on Friday this week, I got to go help out with an event with them. They were in the local area here in the Wichita area. They do this all over the country, so I don't just think I'm talking about Kansas. They are all over the country doing this in all of their chapters in all 50 states. They are trying to bring awareness to this Bidenomics. And it's working, obviously, with the fact that the Democrats have literally ditch the entire concept of Bidenomics a year out from election time. You should already have your platform in place right now on what you're going to run on for the election because campaigning gears up, oh, I don't know, like, oh, now. So Democrats are in a tizzy right now, and it's largely because Americans for Prosperity has been out there trying to showcase that Bidenomics is broken. And they did a wonderful event here over the uh, over this week, and I got to help out with them. And I'll share some pictures on my social media. It was great, but they went into a grocery store locally here that is in one of the lower income areas, probably not the most Republican district at all, and was giving away $60 gift cards for food at the grocery store. Partnered with the grocery store and made it happen. And for the first 100 people that came in, got a $60 gift card for food. And they're bringing that awareness, too, because on average, Grocery prices, because of Biden inflation, has gone up so high that it's averaged roughly $60 a week for the average household in groceries. And they were giving away $60 gift cards on food. Absolutely amazing. And I loved it not only because was it bringing awareness to the economy, but it was doing it in a in a district, I would say, that is predominantly not probably the most Republican area, which is needed because Republicans, unfortunately, have been a party where they haven't really branched out and reached out to new areas. I've said this all the time, conservatism wins. Every time we have the conversation, a true philosophical 
realistic conversation about what we believe in. Conservatism wins every single day, day in and day out, no matter what you're challenged with. When you stand on the what we call the three pillars of conservatism, which is the right to life, the life to liberty, or right to liberty, and the right to private property. When you stand on those, no matter what flavor of the day, no matter what current event it may be, you can apply them to those three pillars of conservatism, and we win every single time. And we have to appeal and reach out to these demographics that normally don't hear about conservative and Republican policies. Because all they hear is the Repo- the media movement about how Republicans are racist and they're evil and they're horrible and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't work. Americans for Prosperity Nationwide has been working on their Prosperity is Possible tours all over the country, bringing in your state legislators, talking to state legislative leaders, talking about the economy at a local level, at a statewide level, and nationwide. This is happening in all their chapters all over the nation. And you can find out more information by joining their movement. All you have to do is go to the website, prosperityispossible.com, prosperityispossible.com. Right on the homepage, you can type in your email and submit. You can get great information delivered to your uh, email right there. And that's all you got to do. And just listen to the information. Watch the information come in. Stay educated because while the Democrats are scrambling for an actual platform, you can stay on top of what's going on and keep them on their heels because they've never been in this situation before. Democrats and the mainstream media dominate the conversation all the time. We're the ones always on defense mode. Republicans are always the ones on their heels. Republicans are the always ones trying to play defense. Like, no, we're not meaning to shut down the government. Like we always get scared of our own shadow and what the Democrats are trying to bully us with. No longer. We're doing it and we're winning and it's working right now. Prosperityispossible.com. Prosperityispossible.com. Type in your email. Join the movement. Get the information from them with Americans for Prosperity. Great partners with us here on the program, which if I remember correctly, in the next week or two, we're going to have the VP of Americans for Prosperity on the show, which is going to be bigly. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited for that one. So uh, you're not going to want to miss that. And I think we're going to make it bigly. That's what I'm talking about. So appreciate their partnership very much. All right. When we come back, we got, oh, just about 40 seconds here. When we come back, what you've been waiting for. We sat down with her just a day or so ago. Now, again, this is a two-part interview, and I'm excited about chatting with her and all the stuff with her book and with what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. she I will say she is an amazing individual. We chatted off the air a little bit, and she's a wonderful, down-to-earth human being. Love it. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene with her book, MTG. We'll do that when we come back right around the corner here for your weekend edition here on The Voice Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. Voice of Reason right here. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. Really happy and honored to have this next guest on the program as we've been a big fan of hers. She's been a great fighter in Washington, D.C. and now has her new book available, which you have to get perfect time for the holidays as well. The book is MTG, as you can find it online at mtgbook.com. But excited to have on here from the 14th Congressional District from the great state of Georgia. It is Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman, thank you so much for coming on the program. It's such an honor and congratulations on the book. I know your book talks about your rise into politics out of the private sector. And I have to ask, how, how in the world does it feel to jump into the world of politics at one of the most unpredictable, insane times in U.S. history? Oh, my 
my gosh. I, I tell you what, it's like being hit like by a tidal wave every single day. But I think that's also how the American people feel. And, you know, I, I was never in politics before and, and never expected to be treated like I have been by the mainstream media. And that's why I wrote my book, MTG. Uh, people can get it at mtgbook.com. And I hope people read it because a lot of people only know me by the insane headlines uh, that they've seen in the news. But I really pull back the curtain in my book because I want people to know the stories on the inside, uh, not only things that were happening and have been happening in Congress, but personal stories from my life, which I, I really enjoyed writing and sharing with everyone. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating every single day. And I think people are, are just, some are losing hope and I, I don't want them to lose hope um, because I think our country is really worth fighting for. Amen to that. It it is good to hear the behind the scenes stories of how individuals come up into politics and be who they are today from the private sector, because we don't hear, like you said, we don't hear that in the media. We don't hear that in politics any longer from what we normally hear is that someone's been a politician for the last 40, 50, 60, 70 years sometimes. And that's all they've known. And you, I think, along with obviously former President Donald Trump and so many others now, have started this MAGA movement of saying you don't have to be a lifelong politician to actually be involved in American civics, American government, and actually change the course of history here. Oh, that's right. It's the lifelong politicians that are screwing everything up. I mean, look at Joe Biden. He's been in office longer than I've been alive. He's been there over 50 years. Um, And many of these politicians, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, many of them have been in there at least 30 years themselves. And look at our country. We're over $33 trillion in debt and losing our freedom um, with every single Congress that goes by. Uh, They're the worst. I actually have so much more respect for regular Americans, hardworking Americans that make ends meet um, and that really do everything they can to live their life right and buy the book. But Washington is corrupt. Uh, They sell the American people out and they're really destroying our country. And in my book, MTG, I I tell a lot of those stories. Um, I I talk about different fights I've had with members of Congress, not only Democrats, but Republicans, too. Um, I tell about some of the nutty headlines like Jewish space lasers, which was something attributed uh, to me. And I never even said that phrase in my life. Uh, So I wrote a chapter about that. Um, I tell about uh, where I was on the House floor when January 6th started on that day and and I tell the stories that happened behind the scenes um, and I, I think people would be fascinated at that but I also tell about visiting the January 6th uh, defendants in the DC jail back in early or, or actually it was November of 2021 when when things were so dark and, and bad for them as they were being held 23 hours a day in solitary confinement and they're still being mistreated uh, yeah. to this day. And, and so mtgbook.com is where people can, can get their copy, and I can't wait to hear what people uh, think about it. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, MTG is the book you can find at mtgbook.com. We're talking with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene from the 14th Congressional District for the great state of Georgia. Uh, Congresswoman, you mentioned the January 6th issue and the 
all-out assault, not just on former President Trump, but on these individuals that were at the rally on January 6th and everybody that associates with former President Donald Trump as well. Uh, the more you see this, the more you observe this and step back for a moment, or I know it's hard for you because you're kind of in the middle of it, but does it seem more and more just like an absolute hit job from the establishment in D.C. to make sure that these outsiders don't change what they're doing in D.C. right now? Yeah, I think what people, people, a lot of people know this, but I can, I can tell them it's definitely so, is starting during the Obama administration, you know, our federal agencies and departments uh, were filled with actually real communists. Um, those are a lot of the federal employees, and they're, they're there today, and I'd say there's more of them under the Biden administration. Mm. Um, and this is what is so devastating for most regular Americans is they can't comprehend that. Um, and it's, it is a real problem. So when we say phrases like drain the swamp, that is such an undertaking uh, to happen. And that's why we've got to get President Trump back in the White House, because we really have to gut these agencies and departments. And that happens at the employment level. And, and it's going to be extremely important. And, and we need to do that while we work on reducing this tremendous load of debt that the American people have been burdened with, with over $33 trillion. And it's not going to be easy. It, it, it takes a dedicated um, uh, task force, I think is the way to put it. And that's members of Congress and Republicans that actually have the courage to do it instead of just talk about it on television and, and write strongly worded letters about it. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Congresswoman, what's been the biggest challenge or biggest frustration in your mind? Has it been fighting against the Democrats on the other side that continue to battle policy-wise, or has it been fighting half the your own Republican Party and trying to actually lay a foundation for conservative principles to get the things changed that need to be done? You know, for me, I, I, know, what to get, I know what Democrats are going to do because they tell us, straight to our face. They tell us they support abortion up until the day of birth. They tell us they support every other country on the planet except ours. Uh, they, they want to raise our taxes. They tell us and they will do it as soon as they get the opportunity. But it's the Republicans are the ones that usually I am most angry at because they lack the courage and are unwilling to step up to the plate and stop the Democrats from assaulting the American people every single day. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's Republicans. I'm constantly angry at Republicans, unfortunately. It's unfortunate because we need to be working together and we can see it. The American people see the, the brokenness and the identity crisis that Republicans are going through right now, especially with what we've seen with the trying to select of a new Speaker of the House. And it sounds like now we have a good one. We can finally, hopefully, fingers crossed, get things back on board here. We're talking with Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene. The book is MTG, which you can find at mtgbook.com through Winning Team Publishing. Uh, partnering with that one. Uh, you've been labeled, obviously, the MAGA extremist and the radical because, again, Republicans don't like to partner. But I got to say, in the last three years and the short amount of time you've been in Congress, you've gotten so many accomplishments or at least brought awareness to so many issues because politicians don't like to actually get things done from trying to bring up impeachment for President Trump, trying to remove uh, Alejandro Mayorkas from the DHS, trying to actually clean up some of these corrupt individuals. And it kind of goes off of the last question, but why in the world would we see so many Republicans not vote to try and remove these individuals if we're trying to clean out this deep state? I have no idea. It's, it is so frustrating. You know, I think primary season is the best time for, for voters <laughs> to, 
to pay attention to voting records. Um, that's something enough people aren't aware of. You can look up our scorecards. Uh, for example, um, if you look up conservative review scorecard, I have a 100. Yeah. Um, that's something that, that people can look up and, and see how their representative votes. And, and if you like it or you don't like it, that's our job performance. Uh, that's another thing I write about in my book is putting Congress on record, forcing Congress to roll call votes. Uh, that means not passing bills by voice, but on being on record on whether we voted yes or no to something. I started that last Congress and, and it's continued, uh, this Congress and I've been doing it especially lately, you know, like on impeachment of Mayorkas, well, eight Republicans voted with Democrats, and I named their names uh, publicly yeah. uh, to stop the impeachment of Mayorkas. It's issues like that. If primary voters really understand our voting records, then they can clean out and drain the swamp themselves every primary. There it is. That's Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. That is part one of our interview. We'll do the second part of it when we come back here after the break in just a few minutes because, well, that was a perfect time to kind of split the two up together. But amazing. You can find her book again, mtgbook.com. The book is MTG. And the story, kind of a fascinating story for sure. And it really does, I think, bring hope in what we're, what we've been talking about this hour of trying to bring the opportunity for the Republican Party and for the American people to do something about what's going on. For so long, the establishment has dominated the conversation. The media has dominated the elites, the deep state, whatever the heck you want to call them in Washington, D.C. They've kind of dominated the dialogue, and we've been the ones just frustrated and being left out. Show of hands, how many know that there is honestly really maybe one or two organizations in D.C. that fight for actual small business. And by small business, I mean a business that has less than 500 employees in it, and it's mostly a mom-or-pop shop. How many people realize that there's really no advocacy for those when we have organizations that are fighting for limited government? That's good. We do have people that are fighting for business, which is good, but a lot of times it's the special interests that are from the corporations, the larger entities that are paying for their best interests that don't necessarily serve the small business. Small business in America, again, with employees less than 500, that's a mom and pop shop. They're the ones that dominate the economy. They're the ones that have the vast majority of economic prosperity in this nation or or uh, or let's just say economic revenue for the government or sales tax, employees taxes, so on and so forth. So that's what we have to look for. And guess what? You can make that actual difference. You can actually have a say in this. And that's what so many people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and others are doing by being non-politicians, running for office, and winning and getting into D.C. You don't want to do that? Be a precinct person in your local community. Become a precinct committee person because you get to decide what's going on in your local community and have a say in your statewide party. Why the heck not? Let's do this together. What do you say? Lots more coming up here on The Voice Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. America's safe space for common sense. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Last segment here. Oh, how the time flies right on by. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation right here on the Voice of Reason each and every week. And we'll continue with our part number two with our interview with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene in her book, MTG, which you can find online at mtgbook.com. 
let's focus on the budget for just a moment. You guys did pass a continuing resolution, kind of a two-tiered system, which I find quite interesting to fund some programs through January, some of them through a little bit into February. Uh, Your thoughts, I mean, I know Republicans want budget cuts. They want to see the actual number of dollars go down in spending compared to what we had done in previous years. I know that's going to take some time working on these appropriation bills that we haven't seen passed since, I don't know, the Obama administration, for crying out loud. But how optimistic are you right now in actually seeing a decrease in the federal budget and government cuts when the Senate's putting blocks up and saying that those major cuts are dead on arrival and with threats from the uh, from the Biden administration to veto these things? How strong do you think Republicans are to actually stand their ground and say that we have to do these or else? Well, I, I think that is a great question, and I really appreciate you bringing that up. You know, we have a new speaker, Mike Johnson. He's a really nice guy, strong Christian. Um, I like him a lot. But I was disappointed this week that he passed that CR in the House. I did not vote for it. Uh, It funds Joe Biden's uh, federal government and budget at the same amount of spending uh, into January for one part and into February for a second part. Um, And it continues the budget that Nancy Pelosi passed last Congress. I was completely against that. It was clean. We didn't get any wins uh, from that budget, and that's why I voted no. And with our appropriation bills, we have passed some great appropriation bills that yeah. truly does cut uh, federal spending. But more importantly, it also gets rid of uh, the Biden woke agenda and, and some of the horrific policies, you know, like using federal dollars to fund abortion, using federal dollars to fund uh, uh, trans surgeries on children and, and, you know, woke policies in our, in our defense, in our military. Um, our bills have been fantastic, but the only way that we can really truly make changes is if we have a strong Republican conference that fights the Senate, and that has to start with the Speaker of the House, to hold the Senate accountable to pass our bills. Um, and and we, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see if that happens, um, and, and only time will tell. Only time will tell. I am cautiously optimistic, but again, we've had a long history of Republicans not actually having a pair of huevos to stand up and fight against the Democrats when they threaten to shut down the government. So we'll see how that one plays out. Congresswoman, last question for you, but uh, going into election season now, we still have former President Trump leading the polls massively against the others in the primaries right now. The Democrats are destroying themselves and watching themselves fall apart between Biden or uh, Gavin Newsom or whoever they may choose going into the presidency. But your message to Republicans who may seem frustrated with the process, who may be uh, down right now because of how the process is going, going into a major election next year when we have to see massive voter turnout, what would you say to Republicans right now? Well, you know, actually, that's one of my chapters towards the end of my book is a message to Republicans for the future and and for elections and why they're so important. Um, I know a lot of people are losing hope. I, I, I can totally understand and relate to them on that very level. But I'll give you a few things for people. In, in the end of 2024, the Trump tax cuts and savings plan expires. And whoever holds the House, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, whoever holds the gavel in the majority in the House in January 2025 will be writing the tax code that will be enforced on Americans. And I just want to let people know that it's so important uh, to get out and vote in 2024 and make sure that Republicans can hold the House because Democrats, I hear them say it every single day, they want to raise your taxes. They want more of your money and they, they will hurt generational wealth, especially with the de- death tax. 
And so that's why it's important for Republicans to continue to control the majority. We want to write the tax code. We want to keep Trump's tax cut savings plans in place, and we want to make it better. And we hope to do that with President Trump in the White House. we got to make it happen. Got to have the presidency. Got to have the House representatives. Uh, it'd be nice to have the Senate on there as well and actually get things done. It is so refreshing to hear that we actually have some light at the end of the tunnel. And I know that you are fighting so hard in Washington, D.C., and God bless you for doing it. It is mtgbook.com. Go and check it out. MTG is the book. It's Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene from the 14th District of the great state of Georgia. Congresswoman, thank you so much for the time. God bless you. Keep up the fight. Good luck with the book, and we'd love to chat again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There it is. That's Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Great conversation with her, and we appreciate her time very much. And that's it for us. Another weekend in the books. We're back at it again next weekend. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Happy International Men's Day as well. Enjoy the Men's Day. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holidays. We're back at it again next week. And it's time for you to be your own voice to reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.